You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. That's what I need to be aware of, is which ways am I missing the mark? Which, uh, how am I seeing something with my own lens versus God's lens? And if I start putting on my glasses and don't put on God's glasses, then then I'm doing this thing alone. And I'm not aware that the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God is, is with me and uh, more so wanting to use us um, according to his perfect purpose. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good reminder that, yes, we have sin, but greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, and we are unpacking a standalone message, a special message that we got this past Sunday from Pastor David with two friends here. First, we have Worship Pastor Ben Kioski. Ben, thanks for being here. What do you do, my friends? And we've got Lead Pastor Jose Avaroa. Jose, yes. thanks, for, thanks for being here. Okay, Jose, we didn't technically hear from you. We heard from you, but not in the way we normally do. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to give you the first word anyways on what it was like for you translating. And just even, I know that um, well, both of y'all have friendships with David mm-hmm. and a past and just the ways in which you've seen our church work together. So I'd love to kind of kick off there before we get into the heart of his message. Well, I loved how excited he always gets at preaching the word. So that's one mm-hmm. thing I've known from the beginning. Um, uh, when I met David, we immediately bonded um, over the word. And I asked him a lot of questions. I uh, had just moved back from DC. So it was like 2014 and um, he came to visit and I was his chauffeur. So we spent a lot of quality time from place to place together. And and yeah, I mean, may, many times in the car, I remember feeling um, the Holy Spirit in, in our conversation, teaching and, and encouraging me. And that's how I felt Sunday went. Uh, he was in his element and he was preaching um, from the word in a powerful way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you go to Mexico and you see him in Mexico, I mean, it's it's long and it's powerful and it's loud and it's exciting and there's tears and there's laughter and there's all of the emotions. And so I think we got a little taste of that on, on Sunday, which was fun to see everyone jump in to uh, the alleluia and amen. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, Ben, would you add anything just off the top? Yeah, I think that it was super encouraging to me to ha- to hear Pastor David um, encourage the church. Uh, he took the opportunity not only to speak truth, like what you're talking about, and speak from the Word, and really he communicated his passion for the Word and his love for the Word and how he follows it, which is a great example to us. But uh, the 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 awareness and sort of the apostolic mindset of Pastor David to 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 encourage us individually as the church. He told us more than once that we are the church. We are filled with the Spirit. We are are the ones to carry the gospel to people who don't know it yet. It's very encouraging to me personally, as well as, uh, you know, I just, it's an, it's an example for us to follow, to be, mm-hmm. I think, be encouragers in any platform that we're given to take the opportunity to speak the word and truth and to be encouraging. Totally. Yeah, totally. I feel like he unpacks so many either tools or just keys to daily living. I mean, whether it's understanding God's love for us and our identity to just God's design for his church, like you were just saying, Ben, to even just the usefulness of his word, Jose, like you were talking about, and even just the power of the Holy Spirit. I just thought hearing it all and just kind of 
of course, it wasn't necessarily like this clean cut compartmentalized. It was like he did a great job of showing how they're all Nothing tied together. in Mexico is clean <laughs> cut or compartmentalized. <laughs> and Even, so it was a, a little bit of home uh, uh, in, uh, in my new home, you know, because yeah. that's how beautiful it all is. He shows up. We were talking afterwards during lunch. I interrupted you. Sorry, Taylor. But we were talking afterwards about how he plans messages. And, and we both uh, talked about how we start with a... Uh, group of verses, a vision on Monday, Tuesday. For him, it's Monday. I, I start on Tuesday. And then very rarely are the plans that we have in our mind or written down on Tuesday end up happening on Sunday. Um, and he, I think, did an amazing job putting his knowledge of the word on display going, you know, back and forth. He sent me the verses the night before. And anyway, it was just fun to have that spontaneity and that energy um, on, on Sunday morning. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, I have a lot of different quotes from his, his message and I rewatched it again. Uh, one of the ones right away was just this simple truth that God is with us, right? That's a concept he he reiterated in just both his own personal life and his ministry, just seeing that at work and reminding people of that. And again, that's not a new concept for us either. And for many that are uh, listening or been in our church for even just a little bit know that. But I just love to even just ask kind of on a practical basis here, what are ways that you both remind yourselves that God is with you? And of course, the enemy is going to try to sow doubt and and just seeds of, of maybe, um, yeah, just doubt that God really is with us. So what are ways that you try to remind yourself of that? And maybe what are some of the dangers if we lose track of that or lose sight of that? Well, honestly, I think one of the ways that, that I most frequently remind myself that God is God is with us, God is with me, is the way that Pastor David did, actually, which is to recount the story, the story of God in your own life, you know. And, you know, Pastor David, you got a guy who's, you know, witnessed firsthand in his community with people that he knows and that he loves, the desecration of cartel activity and all of that stuff that can crush a community and crush the spirit of people. Yet, he talks about, it's going to be okay. You know, and and that's because he recount recounted the story of God, and I do the same thing for myself. I, you know, um, God's uh, wonderful acts we do know full well, as the Scripture tells us, and they're um, they're they're obvious if we take the opportunity to recount them. And it's also a lot easier to see in retrospect than it is to see, as Pastor Robbie used to say, when you're eyeball to the curb, you know. Um, and so for me, it's that. It's recounting the story of God in my life and the life of this church and the life of those that I've known and, and seeing that he's, he is present even when we don't understand um, what's going on. And to me, the most present danger is when we forget it is um, self-reliance, which always leads to uh, poor decision-making um, and certainly poor relational activity and uh, as well as, uh, you know, anxiety and, and um, all sort of all sorts of other things because self reliance is never never something that God intended for us. Yeah. He always created us for relationship with Him and dependence upon Him. And so when we forget that He's with us, it's hard to depend on Him, and we start depending on ourselves or the the talents that we think that we have or 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 the uh, the faculties that we've uh, developed in the world uh, to accomplish this, that, and the other thing. And and it, for me, it's not ended well when I've gone there. <laughs> Yeah, that's good, Ben. I was going to mention um, how he talked about Adam 
and how Adam ushered death and ushered separation from God into the world due to sin and self-reliance. And so um, that's what I need to be aware of is which ways am I missing the mark? Which, uh, how am I seeing something with my own lens versus God's lens? And if I start putting on my glasses and don't put on God's glasses, then then I'm doing this thing alone. And I'm not aware that the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God is, is with me and uh, more so wanting to use us um, according to his perfect purpose. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good reminder that, yes, we have sin, but greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And mm-hmm. sin, thanks to Jesus Christ, um, no longer um, reigns supreme in our mind or, or in, in, our, in our bodies. So um, that's, that's how I remind myself, is aware of his grace and um, my... Uh, propensity to turn away from him. That's good. Uh, that's really good. Uh, let's talk a little bit just about uh, the church because I love that y'all both brought that up earlier, but just the the reminder and the significance that the church has and the role that, that the church plays and God's people play in God's mission. And so even just both of y'all, you have given your lives uh, to the church and, uh, but maybe for, there's a lot out there, even somewhat new, but some been around for a while about uh, I want Jesus, but I don't want the church and I don't want to whatever, everything comes with the church. And so I feel like he didn't say that directly, but just over and over showing us verse by verse how important God's people are, particularly in the church. So I wondered if both of y'all wanted to speak to that and just even seeing the significance, just even to remind ourselves of that when it's not always easy being yeah, in a church. No, it's not. And read the Bible because Genesis 12, well, Genesis 3, you start seeing people messing up. And then Genesis 12, God chooses an imperfect man, Abraham, right after God promises him blessing. He goes and, and acts a fool, pan, uh, pandemic. <laughs> not a pandemic. Uh, much worse, actually. Um, what is it called when they don't have food? Famines. A famine. <laughs> Pandemic could end in famine. Um, <laughs> a famine strikes and Abraham freaks out. He forgets that God is with them and then starts trying to, you know, give his wife away and all of these crazy things. Bottom line is the the, the Bible is full of imperfect people that, that turn to their own way, but God's faithfulness and redemption does, is relentless. It continues to show up, and it's the same with the church. So if we forget that we are a group of imperfect people, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Also, if we focus on our imperfections, then we're okay with those. Oh, we're just going to be imperfect, so why try anyway? Well, it's not that either. It's mm-hmm. it's tuning in to the Lord with one another and having grace for uh, ourselves and for others, and that's what the church is. That's what God has shown me through David's church specifically. When I've traveled to Mexico, a little bit of my story is um, I didn't know where I was from because I grew up in well Mexico for six years and then Miami, the next seven. And then I moved to Houston, Texas. And that really uh, uh, <laughs> messed, messed my identity up in, in funny ways, just um, being in a completely new environment. And then I go off to college and, and it was through this church so that I learned that my identity is in Christ. But I, I, I felt bitter towards Mexico just because I didn't like uh, the lifestyle of uh, some of the people that I knew. And, and it was very affluent and it was very entitled and and full of a lot of stuff and, and a lot of like name recognition. And, oh, if you're a part of this family, then these things are expected of you. Anyway, it wasn't until I showed up to Palabra de Vida in Santiago where I first hung out with a bunch of Christians 
I hadn't been at a church that worshiped uh, Jesus the way that these guys did. And I, I just felt like this overwhelming love for, you know, my people, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, fellow Mexicans. And, and so uh, I learned the richness of uh, being a group of imperfect people in a t- totally different culture, but being united by the very same Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that church is very, very special for me personally, and again, we're imperfect, but let's get together, worship Jesus together, have grace for ourselves, for one another, and then we'll see God move in mighty ways. Mm-hmm. Ben, do you have anything to add? I agree with that. <laughs> but the significance of the church, because Ben, I know you feel very passionate about this as well, as far as I, just- I do, um, and if, if you've been around me for any period of time, you probably- heard me go on about the bride of Christ, you know, and which is the church. And that's what the Bible calls us. And that's what we are. And that includes um, everything that that comes with. And I think the reminder from Pastor David that, yeah, we are the torchbearers of the gospel. And um, with all that entails, it's great the way that, that Jose, that you've implemented that, that concept continually, that we're imperfect people, because that's true. And we are the people that offer grace to anyone, mm-hmm. anyone. It doesn't matter if you're a felon or if you're a, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, what, whatever you think that you've done. Yes, the church is a place for you. And guess what? Sometimes when people come to that church and they're in these, these different states of, uh, of being and, and places in their life where they're not fully healed, where they haven't surrendered everything over to the Lord, but they come to the church and yes, they're part of the family but they might do something that's not great. They might do something that is horrible, you know, but the, that's the, the, the entire scandal of grace. That's the entire, um, total, um, foreign concept of an unconditional love that God has for us. And so when the, when the culture says, Oh yeah, the church, this and people in the church, this and people did this and they, they're hypocrites, you know, I'm like, yeah, Absolutely, that is right. But we need to remember that we are, in fact, the bride of Christ, and he presents to himself a pure and spotless bride through the blood of Jesus and through his sacrifice and his victory over the grave in our spot. And so for us to take on the denigration of the church on our lips as believers is a foolishness that betrays our Savior. And I think that the reminder that David gave us this Sunday was very pointed and very good and very refreshing that the Holy Spirit of God is with his church. And he uses, God uses people in the way that he will use people. In the way that the word says, does not the potter have authority over the clay to make some things for common purposes and some things for noble use? Yes, he does. And he will use the church and the imperfections in it for his purposes. And we can be people who honor him and humbly accept his correction when we do screw things up and offer kindness to those who are seeking grace and reconciliation themselves. It's a good word, Ben. Think of Hosea and um, his wife, Gomer, (laughs) and how he stayed faithful because of the Lord. Um, but how that teaches us to love the bride um, because God loves the bride, yeah. his church, so much so that he gave himself up for her. 
And if anyone out there is listening and, and thinking, well, I have church hurt, then join the club. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> as, as the lead pastor, I say that gracefully and humbly too, just because as people that we hurt one another, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're uh, insecure and, and we're working things out. Um, but we have to remember that what unites us is the grace of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. And when we come together, um, then powerful things happen that are way beyond one person, gifting, uh, identity in terms of culture. It's just godly and holy. Mm-hmm. And it happens in Santiago and it happens in Wimberley and in Hayes County and in Texas and in India and in you know England and Serbia and all over the world. So it's organic. It's not structured in a uh, human way or form. It's it's spiritual and incredibly yeah. powerful. Yeah. And he said this yesterday in the book of Matthew, gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. That's right. So it's not one person. Uh, we can, like, the three of us in this room could fall. <laughs> that's right. But the church will continue. Yeah, that's right. You know? yeah. And that's the power of uh, the Holy Spirit working through his church. Yeah. I thought just the perspective he had, not only on the eternal warfare, but just all the suffering that just in his community, we think about, you know, us trying to navigate a pandemic. And then, yeah, there's a pandemic over there too. And then there's also the cartel. He shared some of those stories. Uh, I love how he continued to go back to the word, both just in our message that he gave yesterday, but even just in as he shared stories about what, how he would encourage people that God was with us. And uh, it was refreshing. I feel like just the way he talked about it. And he said, there's two things I wrote down. One is he didn't call us to war without preparation. Mm-hmm. And then the enemy wants to take the word away from us. And I think mm-hmm. uh, that sounds cool. very drastic and intense, but I think in my own experience, he the enemy does that very oh, yeah. subtly, very subtly just tries to uh, move me away. So, so for someone that you, you know, you hear David saying that and you're like, okay, I, I want to get in the word. And yet, there's just so many things that come up, so much that, you know, and so how do both of y'all just stay in the word, not only just for battle, but just even in general, and as far as from a discipline standpoint, from a habit, uh, and and just even reminding yourself of how crucial it is to, to be in the word. Because there's a lot of sermons out there. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube that you can kind of just uh, count as as Bible reading, but but what's different about getting in the word yourself? I have a, I have a quick spiel, and I'm going to make this super fast, but now... I'm looking at my phone here. We have quicker access to the Word of God uh, than ever before because it's small, it's compact, and it fits in our pocket, and it's fast. So you can truly access the Word faster than even the smallest pocket. Like I'm thinking of that Gideon Green New Testament yeah. Bible. That probably is second place. God bless you know? the Gideons. God bless the Gideons. They put Bring the Bible in millions of people's hands they had they they never mind i'm not going to go down the gideon uh uh lane we'll stay here with the with 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 the phone so literally pull up your phone put the bible app on your home screen press it read a few verses it helps me this is my personal thing when i'm reading through a book because i i get sequence um and so i'm i'm in the narrative i know what happened before i know what's happening cuz if we've been in the church for a while we can like oh yeah that 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 verse is familiar, but when we read it in context, 
it comes alive. So you could either just take one verse, and if you have an iPhone, you can put the verse of the day on your home screen as a widget. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, um, but just you can read one verse, or you can pick up your phone and start reading consecutively through a book or something like that whenever you want during the day. Take two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, and then the most beautiful thing, Deuteronomy 6 talks about this. Keep the word on your mind, Joshua 1, talk, uh, keep it on your lips. Think about it and talk about it. So find some, even if someone doesn't believe in God or, or you work with someone, just say, hey, you may not, you know, I read this in the Bible. If you actually do that, you'll find out that a lot of people are interested in what the Bible has to say. Uh, people are actually not that interested in church necessarily. But if you talk about what the Bible says, I mean, it's one of the most reliable ancient texts that we have. So it really is an amazing uh, tool for conversation with people. So spiel over, I'm done. <laughs> that's good, that's good. Ben, would you add anything to, to that? Um, well, yeah, that's a good spiel. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I, I just think it's just it's imperative to be to be connected to to the word, and it might be cliche to some, but you know our charge as followers of Jesus is to know Jesus and to make Him known. But to know Jesus, we have to know the truth, and the truth is a person, Jesus, and the truth is the Word, because we know the Word has told us that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, and that is Jesus. So to know Jesus is to know the Word. So any claim that you we to Jesus is a little bit void if we aren't spending time washing our minds in the word and we can't we, we can't function in in the world in a, in a in a way that follows after Jesus um, especially in the context of the thorough conflation of secular humanism with Christianity um, we can't function in the world with a mind that has been renewed if we don't put the word into our minds um, and, and agree with it. Because uh, there's so many things out there. There's so many arguments based on the fundamental principles of this world rather than the knowledge of God that sound good to us, that sound like, oh, yeah, that's probably right, or that's probably a good way to be. But they're not biblical, and we can't know those things. We can't differentiate. We can't test the spirits. We can't understand the difference if we don't have the word in us. And so that's a little bit of a get in the word lecture. But at the same time, that's how I view my own personal life. Like, I expect things to go well when I'm trying to solve problems with my own intellect. That's not going to work. I have to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I have to take into myself the word of God and being connected with that need and the reality of that need um, is, is how I personally stay connected with the word and continue to consume it. Um, you know, and that was instilled in me. You know, my mom used to put little scriptures in my sack lunch when I was in school, which I hated, but I, I do remember reading those things, you know, and, and the first time I read uh, the Proverbs passage that says, when words are many, sin is not absent. You know, I remember that I, I, I can see it on the little thing. Of course, I don't remember the reference because I'm terrible at that part. But I remember reading it on the thing sitting there. about I think I was in fourth grade and just pulling it out of the thing and being like, bro, you talk too much, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> Man, we have to we have to put that word into our heart, or we can't live that way. 
you know, and that's, that's me. That's my need. That's how I interpret the need in my own mm-hmm. psychology is like, Hey man, this stuff isn't going to work out. Like mm-hmm. you think you're smart, but that's not going to, we need to, we need to have wisdom, <laughs> not intellect, wisdom. There's, there's a difference and it comes from the word. It comes from God. Yeah. Or it could work out. You could be yeah. very successful yeah. without the word. And then you forget that wisdom is, is, is absent. And that's the main thing that we need to rely back to what you said earlier, Ben, we need to rely on him, not rely on our own strengths. And, and that's part of our deal is we're, we're very success oriented and driven in our culture and we're very capable. We have a lot of tools to mm-hmm. be successful. So that drives out this need. Well, why would I need God's word if things are okay? And I'm using okay in quotation marks because in reality, they're not okay. There's a void, what he mm-hmm. said. There is a void in our heart. I think he said this at the nine o'clock. I don't think he said it in the 1030, but we're all born with a void yeah. in our in our, in our, mm-hmm. in our bodies uh, that can only be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, there's all these things that we can try to fill the void with, but they will never satisfy. Only the Holy Spirit satisfies. And that's, that's it. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. I want to wrap up with one last question here. And this is focused on the significance of global missions, just in general, the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of churches say, yeah, we want to focus on, you know, the nations and global missions. And so for us, we've, shared multiple times how relationships is so key. Pastor David is a perfect example of that as far as coming here, sharing what God's doing over in Santiago. But I know both of y'all just are actively involved in global mission partners in our church across, literally across the world. And so it sounds maybe silly to ask in church or on a podcast, but what is so significant about that? Why is it worth even just dedicating a Sunday to hear what God is doing in Santiago? Uh, because God's doing a lot everywhere. And so what's kind of significant about uh, having a pulse on what he's doing across the globe? My personal opinion, and I don't project this on anyone, but my personal opinion is that the United States in its blessings and in the riches that we have here currently for us are primarily, if not entirely, for the purpose of spreading the gospel. And I think that it is our um, charge, uh, and I know for me, it's my charge in in my pursuits that are toward financial gain um, to take that wealth and siphon it out and propagate the gospel around the world. And in doing so, we partner with people who are already doing the work of Jesus and support what they're doing, not just monetarily, but also um, just so that they know that they have advocates and they know that they have those that have come alongside them and want to 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 see them propagate the gospel in their own communities and the things that they're doing and doing it their way, not our way. And so the significance of the global mission is that as many people can hear the gospel as is possible. And each and every culture is different. And um, I can do the work of carrying the gospel to my community here. And we, the church here, we can do the work of carrying the gospel here. And if there's somewhere else that I can be a part, according to God's purposes, of propagating the gospel in another community that's not familiar to me, that's not part of my culture, there's value in being involved in that. There's value in coming alongside and supporting Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, that's kind of the way I see it. And then also it's a benefit to us in that we 
and get to see that there are brothers and sisters around the world with the same mind from a completely, literally a different world. Any, anyone who's been to, to you know, a, um, a place like India or something like that, uh, you know, this is an entire, entirely different way of life completely. And, um, but to know, you know, kind of like what you talked about when you went back to Santiago, to know that there's believers working in their daily lives to spread the gospel and love Jesus and connect with other people that we can come alongside and partner with, mm-hmm. I think is, is, is amazing. Um, and, and to undergird those things. Yeah. Yeah. You said it yesterday. I think I said it today that we're all citizens of heaven. That's right. And one day when Jesus comes back for his church, which is the other thing that he talked about was that Jesus is coming for his bride. We will all be with God. Mm-hmm. Revelation teaches us that there will be many nations represented, many tongues praising God together. In that picture of true diversity mm-hmm. um, with one common denominator, and that is worshiping the risen lamb, the, the lamb who, 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 who shed blood for the forgiveness of sins of the entire world. I mean, that that is why we exist as a church, and that is our end. That's the end goal. Um, so Global Missions reminds us that we're not in this alone, that um, we get to be a part of a bigger picture. And I don't know about you guys, I do, because we've talked enough about this. Mm-hmm. It's just so encouraging. Absolutely, yes. So encouraging. So I'm looking forward to many more messages like the ones this past Sunday. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.